What is up, Super Nintendos? It is a very special World Cup edition of Nintendo Voice Chat. This is episode 639. I am your host, Seth Macy, back again from the dead. It was a revival spell that they cast on me. Thank you, everyone else. I am joined today by football legend, Pear Schneider. Oh, I did not know that. Well, thank you. Vielen Dank. <laughs> what team did, what club did you play for, Pear? Yes, wow. uh, longtime uh, Germany player, national team. A high-ranking FIFA official 50s. who is not corrupt, Cat Bailey. Whoa, oh. whoa. whoa. The rarest of beasts. Yep. And also rival to Per Schneider today because we're rooting for opposite teams. Yeah, unfortunately. Ooh. Yeah. Though we'll know the results by the time this podcast actually goes up. Yeah, this so. is pure torture for both of us to be yeah. on this show, Seth. <laughs> I hope you, you can appreciate it. We would both be watching two competing matches uh cat wants japan to win i want japan to lose which my wife's not a big fan of but uh, obviously we want germany to go through right so um, yeah of course mm -hmm. I well guess. usa also, already went through usa usa, USA yeah. that would be more exciting if anybody other than like eight people in the usa actually were excited <laughs> i'm Aww. happy for those who are excited it's the fastest growing sport Net <laughs> Netflix just needs to make a show over it, and then then it'll become popular. That's like actually Formula not a bad One. idea. Yep. I have to. Uh, this is the first time I've been on with Reb Valentine since Reb became the fourth Froggy Chair official. <laughs> I think we're actually just announcing that now. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Reb is uh, Reb's on the show now all the time. And Reb, what is your opinion on World Cup football? Uh, the only sports uh, my my partner jokes that the only sports that I like are fake sports. So that's uh, baseball. Wrestling and uh, video game Wait, speed running. Whoa, hold on a minute. Wrestling's fake. Okay, Reb. Sorry, Whatever. sorry, sorry. I was joking. Oh. It was a joke. The Mick Foley's vertebrae. When the Undertaker <laughs> choke slammed him. Uh, in the it's hell sports of the entertainment, I believe. Is no, it term. is not. Do not spout that Chris Jericho nonsense in here. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I touched a nerve. I didn't realize it. <laughs> well, wrestling uh, is as real as anime and as beautiful. Wow. It is. <laughs> That is so. That is a wonderful way to describe it. But we are not here to describe wrestling. We're not here to talk about football, although I'm sure we will. Uh, <laughs> what we are going to talk about is It's a Me Mario movie direct on Tuesday. Nintendo, or actually it was Monday night. Nintendo's like, by the way, also make sure to watch your your onlines tomorrow because we're going to show you the next trailer for the uh, the Mario movie with a direct. It had uh, Miyamoto-san. It had... Um, and had Seth Rogen, mm -hmm. who we learned uh, is uh, uh, has a dog named Zelda. Which did you also know that Zelda Rogen has a dog named Seth? <laughs> we are through the looking glass. Wow, a, we have a lot of Seth news today. Do, do you have a dog named Seth or Zelda? My dog is named Seth Rogen. Nice. <laughs> All right, no, I, I have to tell this Seth Rogen story. Uh, <laughs> Seth Rogen's like wife. <laughs> has family here in my town mm -hmm. and so okay. a few years ago he was coming uh he was like in town and he was going to like all the little like roadside restaurants you know the, not the sit down ones but like the, they serve hamburgers hot dogs and they take your name so they can call it so you can go up and get your food and i they're like what's your name and i said seth and everybody in the kitchen like stuck their head out and i was like no no, <laughs> no. You look, Seth. you look alike. I mean, <laughs> I don't yeah. look anything like Seth Rogen. <laughs> no, at all. I wish they had like known him. that they were about to bask in the presence of the actual best Seth. Thank yeah, you. I've right. been saying that for years. It's nice to hear it from someone else. Thank you, Reb. 
But going, going back to the movie trailer, it was funny that we had an intro from Seth Rogen and then literally did not hear Donkey Kong speak. <laughs> but he we made like a, Donkey Kong. Like a sound, right? Like, like surely he did that. No, I, I thought that was funny because when I saw the intro, I'm like, oh, we're going to hear what Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong sounds like. Um, but we didn't even get a banana banana or anything. No. You know, banana banana, banana, banana the thing Donkey Kong says. That's what he says. <laughs> It's his most famous, famous phrase. <laughs> most famous phrase. Uh, yeah, we learned that Seth okay. Rogen used to play Play Choice 10, and uh, he dreamed of being in a Super Mario movie ever since. Yep. I, his dream has come I, true. Look, a lot of the actors I feel like have said that now, have said, mm-hmm. my dream since I was this age was, was to be in a stop. Mario movie. Goombas. Is that real? I, that Rev, seems, the no. dude has a dog named Zelda. I think I'm going to buy it. If his dream was to be in a Legend of Zelda game. Well, no, because just, if you're Seth Rogen, you don't <laughs> think you're going to be Link or Ganon. But, like, if you think about Mario, there's so many characters Seth could be. He could be Tingle. Well, you could be Wario. That, that would be very good, He could actually. be Tingle. A hey, quick one. Seth fact. He's from uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Okay. Uh-huh. Thank Just you. like Nardwar, my favorite uh, music interviewer. So, Aww. yeah, we've got to see more of... The Mario movie, and uh, I don't know about the rest of you because I haven't spoken or stuck my head up for air or anything. Uh, I'm kind of excited for this movie. Cat, you're famously an expressive and excited human being. I want to know, are you excited? <laughs> Is that what I, I was? I feel like I love your segues today. Bear, you were born in British Columbia. What do you think about Seth Rogen? No, here, go. no, I want to hear Cat's like opinion because I value it uh, above many others so. oh thank you uh, i thought the trailer was lit i thought it was a great right. trailer Hell it yeah. looks better it looks better every time uh chris remarkably mario is definitely the worst part of the mario movie <laughs> yes. so far uh chris pratt is delivering a how would you say low energy performance as mario mm. it's very strange uh there's no none of the joy most of the time uh mario seems kind of uh, surprised that something bad is happening to him. Um, I loved Peach. I thought Peach actually kind of yeah. stole the show, and She's I great, wish yeah. that she had introduced a trailer instead of Seth Rogen. Oh, yeah. I know that Donkey Kong was the first thing that you saw in it, but uh, no, Peach. Um, Peach cool. was really good. I I love all of the shoutouts to Mario in general. I saw you saw the Tanuki suit. Yes. Um, the opening had a kind of Mario Odyssey, Donkey Kong feel to it, but also a Smash Brothers feel to yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Closing out a Mario Kart with the Rainbow Road, that ruled. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you kind of get sort of the outlines of the story now. So it seems like Mario and Luigi are doing their thing. They're doing being plumbers in Brooklyn. And then they get separated. Mm-hmm. And Luigi's trying to find his way back to Mario is what I'm kind of gleaning from this trailer because yeah. in the end of the first trailer you see him running away from the dry bones right, right? and yeah. Bowser meanwhile is like rampaging through all these multiversal kingdoms and Peach knows her kingdom's next so she's trying to yeah. prep Mario to help and her he, fight back and he knows that Mario's powerful maybe like a chosen one or something and so he mm. somehow captures Luigi and is interrogating yeah. him about it yeah. who's to bring balance I assume I assume Mario already caused a lot of trouble that led up yeah. to that situation I I mean 
I I love the trailer. I thought it was just really playful, and mm. it didn't it didn't it had so many references to the Mario and Donkey Kong franchises. Characters hidden in the back, you know, the girder when yes. Donkey Kong and Mario are facing off. It's Donkey Kong with a ladder hanging off the yeah. side. All of that is lovely, and it's not pandering. It doesn't like make the cameo so obvious. It's it just kind of like casually goes. Okay, you now let into the Mushroom Kingdom. Um, I thought it was really cool. I think, uh, yeah, Luigi Luigi's performance is really fun. I love the self-referential thing that he says. Well, you know, I could just be anybody with a hat with my name, with the initial of my first name on it and a mustache. And all of that stuff was really lovely. I think... I think you're right on Mario. We haven't seen enough, I think, of the performance to be sure what it's like. But it's like the first time he goes, let's go. It sounds like it's just a man like, delivering a, a, oh. a Mario line. is like, let's go, right? Like, yes. And then later, it's like he goes full Martinet where he's like, and yeah. all of that stuff. So it's kind of odd in between. But I understand the challenge because, yeah, if he was just whooping and hollering like that and talking like that the whole movie, it'd probably get a little irritating. So... We'll, we'll we'll see. I'm I'm keeping an open mind. I hope for the best. But so far, the supporting cast is really great. Anya Taylor Joy is always awesome. So Peach with yeah, the this, fireflower uh, rules. Yeah. yeah, and then in her like like suit or like like yeah. fighty suit with the spear. Yeah. Oh, that's it. she's got the racing suit. Yeah, right? she like wears the Mario, Mario Kart. Yeah. And then uh, uh, the other cool thing <laughs> is you see the training course, which um, usually you've got the turning things with the fireballs, yeah. but in this case it's like balls, right? Yeah. And like uh, it's like the training version of an actual Mushroom Kingdom horrible Bowser concocted uh, obstacle course. I think it's so cool. Yeah. yeah, I I think I'm struggling a little with this sort of pitch of Mario being like kind of incompetent at everything. And yes, it's not, I was going to bring that up. It's yes. not that I don't think that's like the correct premise for this movie, right? Because clearly the dude has not been Jumpman before and he's got to learn how to be Jumpman. Yep. I think what's, <laughs> what's throwing me is the fact that he's like... In, in the past, like in all of Mario, Mario is this competent, like, everyman hero jump man who can do everything. And then Luigi is this sort of, like, bumbling on the surface level, not really good at anything kind of guy, but is actually ends up being the more competent of the mm -hmm. two once you get past that. And he's playing that so well in this trailer. Like, this kind of, I don't know what's going on. I'm very scared. Bowser's captured me or whatever. And he's, you know, he's going to get out of it somehow. But the fact that they're kind of both in that persona is sort of throwing me i guess and i don't think uh i don't think the chris's chris pratt's voice acting is is helping they clearly mean much. for this to be an origin story by the way they have a car yeah the mario brothers have a car yeah but i do oh i love it though it's really nice i wish i wish this trailer would have had more of keegan michael key as toad because that is the yeah. funniest thing oh, about yeah. this show to me uh they did a great job with the toads yeah oh they're yeah, great they're having fun so, with the the koopa troopas too and yeah. everything so yeah i think the trailers that we've seen so far are proving that, like, look, this is a fundamentally stupid premise, right? Yep. <laughs> like, Mario should not... The Mario games are not movie material in any way, shape, or form. You have to lean into how silly this is. Uh, and they're doing that, it seems like. They they have nailed kind of that line of humor where kids can enjoy it, but also adults are like, ha-ha, you got the cheap, cheap in the face. <laughs> well, you know, like, speaking for the dad contingent, just seeing Mario Kart represented in this is just so cool, right? Yeah. Like, a lot of us play that. that. That was, we all have such great kind of college memories um, of, of playing against our friends in battle mode, and it's just cool to have all that in here. I'm really looking forward to yeah, seeing this. Man. I think it'll be fun. Yeah. I like I, how faithful it feels to the games um, and how many directed gameplay elements they pull. Like, the yeah. we were talking about 
uh, at the very beginning when we were seeing the course that looks a lot like a, a Donkey Kong world. Yep. The poster shows Donkey Kong holding the barrel, mm-hmm. um, seeing Mario standing on the, the dropping platforms and dodging around. That things. was my favorite, that the, the dropping platform. Like we all, who, people who played Mario will go like, no, that platform's going to drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, right? And it's, it's wonderful to see that acknowledgement. very specific reference to galaxies. Lots of mm-hmm. galaxies yep. out yes. there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wink, I bet we wink. get like a tease of Rosalina at the end of this or something. She's gonna, Ooh. yeah, she's gonna that's be in the post, stinger. Yeah. That's the post-credit sequence. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Is it Wario or Rosalina? It's gotta be Rosalina. I would, I think uh, Wario and Waluigi might like show up for a cameo in this movie. I, I wouldn't they, be surprised. Or they might just oh, announce they, Super Mario Galaxy three at the end. Well, and, and the reason why I actually, they actually think that, <laughs> sorry, go ahead, Seth. Well, no, I was going to say, uh, one of the question block questions actually was from Jared Hankins asking, do you think Nintendo is working on a new, well, yeah, we think they're working on a new Mario game or a collection to release yes. alongside with? 100%. They, we're, we're due for a new Mario game. Like, it's time. It's like it's like it's in, up. you know, in movies like The Dark Crystal where, like, all the planets align and everything. They got a park oh. opening and a movie coming out. And both are based on a video game franchise. Franchise, what's missing? There's got to be some sort yeah. of celebration and something that we're gonna have to spend our money on. Um, but Ooh, I, so I was gonna sad. say, I think that we'll see Wario and Waluigi in this specifically because Luigi has that goofy line where he's like, "I don't know everybody who has a, a hat with their <laughs> yep. letter, the first initial of their name on it, or whatever." Uh, and no, he doesn't because he doesn't know Wario and Waluigi. <laughs> Look They're at this cranky, cranky Kong. There's so many characters yeah, in the funky, background. Yeah, funky. Uh, funky, I think funky, is in there. Sorry. No, no, no. That's that's cranky. But this is fu- cranky, but funky, but funky is Kong is in the back. That's right. Oh, really? Uh, I haven't done the, the the trailer breakdown. I'm kind of blown away by how I I didn't I was not expecting it to look this good. Like it just mm. looks so polished and so beautiful yeah like every scene is just filled well i mean and obviously it's a trailer it's designed to uh excite the senses but like yeah every scene is just so full of things and not in a crowded way either it just looks so good oh my god i'm so excited what do we think what do we think <laughs> box office we think in uh number one movie of uh of uh, 2023 oh i don't I know it's gonna be avatar of 2023 we'll see what comes out there's a company called uh, i think marvel something like that they <laughs> they make Marvel's movies that... over kids don't care about marvel anymore that stuff mm-hmm. is so boring. How, how much money did what kind of forever make already yeah, um no i i think it i think it's a good bet that this is going to be an absolutely ginormous opening worldwide i mean the numbers in japan are gonna oh, be nuts yeah. too Come billion, on. it's gonna break a billion dollars Absolutely. i, I yeah. think this is gonna be a billion dollar franchise too yeah yeah, yeah. oh man that means we're gonna get more Nintendo i hope so movies. yeah assuming i mean it looks like it's gonna be really good if it's as good as it looks i hope so yep. they'll have the inevitable I, sequel I, hook and then they'll go into dream world for some reason and wart will be there the and oh, yeah. vegetables the, people will be very confused i, I hope they don't <laughs> blow all their powder on this movie because we already see some glimpses of luigi's <laughs> mansion and stuff i'm like do the yeah, ghost house Mario. story yeah do the ghost house luigi's story poster has him doing like the flashlight separately. on his face like he does on the luigi's yeah. mansion yeah. cover yeah. it's really 35 good 35 years of mario material to pull from it's, yeah that's just think of so all true. the sports games we could have a whole game movie of Mario playing tennis. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that'd be so <laughs> exciting. Airship Mario That's, Party. Everybody's invited Mario to a Mario Strikers. Party. Yeah. Finally, mm-hmm. it's what we've all been. Pick Cross. They'll be playing Pick Cross all the Referee and Punch Out. Yep. There you go. <laughs> like a, a, a Rocky style supercut of him doing all the sports. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great. That I'm 
kind of would not be surprised. I'm I'm very excited. This trailer was really good. There was nothing about it that gave me any concern other than like Reb, you talked about where Mara's maybe a little too bumbling, a little too inept, but yeah. like said, I don't mind. Like, I, it's a hero's journey. He's got to, he's going to get better. It's it, fine. It's yeah, funny. It's I'm already, uh, are you getting used to the changed looks of the characters already too? Oh, yeah. Cause at first Just, when we saw Mario, I was like, ah, what's, what's different? Like so little, so little has changed, but he looks off. And like, I'm wondering if we felt the same way when we saw the 3D renders for Smash Brothers for the first time or something, right? But it's like, now I'm already used to what he looks like and Donkey Kong looks just fine to me. Yeah, I like yeah. the new Donkey Kong look. And yeah. Miyamoto actually talked about uh, changing the design mm-hmm. uh, for this one. So like, it's time to update the design. I, I think it works really well. Like, I like the emphasis on the fur. Yeah, no, looks like yeah. Mario, looks like Donkey Kong. I, yeah, that's what, what they look like. What did you ask for? They look like who they're supposed to look like. That's like the very base thing that you need. Well, for the original Mario movie, movie couldn't pull that off. So <laughs> that is Sorry, true. Ah, uh, or I can't remember anybody else in that movie. John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo. Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. <laughs> that movie confused the heck out of me. Originally, I saw the trailer. I'm like, why does Koopa look like that? We, what is going yeah. on? Our social team did like a comparison cut between that movie and this one, like using similar scenes side by side. It's on our YouTube channel too. If you go to the short section, and it's so funny, like the stuff that happens in it. I'm like, wait, when do they drive? in a car in like a Cadillac through a window and they fall down and they're being suspended by goop. And I'm like, I don't remember what happens in this movie, but nothing makes sense when you it see it like that. It's a very boring movie yeah. too. It's bad. Yeah. It's the only time that the Super Scope 6 has ever been in a movie as okay. well. Mm. A little piece of trivia. I don't know if that's, that's true. Fact. But I'm pretty sure that that's true. Important so. to know. Thank you. Yeah, you'll remember <laughs> next bar trivia night. That's going to take you to in your team to the championships. So little little Nintendo trivia. Um, all right. Well, Super Mario movie looks amazing. Uh, I don't think there'll be any performance issues. <laughs> guess what? Hey, Reb, hey. you were right about Pokemon. And anyone who's surprised hasn't been paying attention. I they know. Didn't play the game. It runs really <laughs> really badly if you go on the internet for three seconds you'll see at least 10 glitch videos that are all like really (laughs) hilarious and weird um i you said it performed badly and people got really mad at you because they've wrapped up their identity in what they enjoy (laughs) and so when you attack what they enjoy you're attacking the identity and i think we need to unravel from that a little bit as a society and yet it's the fastest selling pokemon ever 10 million copies sold what within the first few days i mean the pre-orders on this were nuts like people like before people had even gotten their hands on it so it's it's the pokemon name alone is doing this you say open world open world pokemon yeah you're not and the trailers are great yeah and i want to be clear like i'm having a lot of fun with it but i may also have a high tolerance for glitches right there are games that i played in the past where like it could i couldn't finish a mission because the game was broken i was like i was annoyed but i kept playing but there's some people who don't have that sort of tolerance and then at the same time you also got to ask the question like this is a ginormous franchise right and there's a lot of Mm -hmm. there's a lot of expectation and there's there's kind of winning audience trust that when you get a pokemon game you're not getting a dinky little game that was slapped together by a tiny team in a garage this is one of the biggest franchises in gaming history and you kind of i i like that you you know held their feet to the fire there a bit and and said it really shouldn't be that way and i think you're right yeah Mm -hmm. and i also want to 
sort of point out, and this is in my review as well, which people should actually read the whole thing if they yep. haven't yet. Uh, we final scored review is now on IGN.com. Uh, but it definitely seems like people's mileage is kind of varying on this. So there's some people mm. who are saying, I mean, some people who are maybe deluding themselves a little bit, but who are mostly going out there and saying, there's like some frame rate issues, but other than that, I haven't experienced any problems. And great for them. And there's other people who have, ex- I like I have friends, like close friends who I play this online with, who have told me that they've experienced like tons of hard crashes. And I've kind of, my experience was sort of in the middle of those two things. Like I haven't had any hard crashes. A couple of our guides writers did, but I have had like significant, like, like parts where the game will just froze yeah. for several seconds seconds uh wild frame rate wild lighting problems it's all in the review you can read about it so i've kind of like been in the middle of that and then one of the things that we did was i held the review until a few days after launch because i didn't have the opportunity to test the online components and honestly the online components make everything worse uh again watch the video review there's some wild stuff in there my friend turned into a giant stretchy noodle boy at one point he was doing a weird oh i love that video uh there's a bunch of stuff like that and then i've been doing since then since the review came out i've been doing tons and tons of terra raid battles uh and those are a disaster oh my gosh it is like basically impossible to play the primary piece of pokemon scarlet and violet endgame content right now because of the sheer amount of lag uh the weird timer structure uh, get there's an article on this specifically on ign.com explaining why it's so messy but the online just adds this whole new level of problem to it that most people don't like notice until they reach the end game and are actively doing high level things online. Mm. So uh, hopefully the patch helps. They they didn't push the co-op that hard like leading up to launch anymore, and that's probably why, right? Oh, because they real. they knew there were going to be issues. Because like for me as someone who started with the first Pokemon games, I always dreamt of it being a communal experience, right? Like being able to work together in the realm. To be fair, I also thought that about the Elder Scrolls game and then what we got with Elder Scrolls Online was very, very different from, you know, the, the kind of Morrowinds and Skyrim I loved and, and same with Fallout. It's not really communal, is it? Like you're kind of existing in the same world yeah. doing your own things? Yeah, the co-op feels like weirdly unfinished. Mm. Like if you put... You mean like the rest of this game? Sure. Ooh. If you put the the bugs and the, the frame rate, all the technical... Technical stuff aside, the co-op is very weird. So I I put in, my three friends put in a code, we go online, we're all in the same world together. Uh, we can all basically by ourselves do all the same things for the most part. There's a couple things that are gated off uh, that we can do in the game by ourselves. So we can all spread out, go anywhere in the world we want, catch Pokemon, battle trainers, all this other stuff. Except for like one feature, none of it is cooperative. So like we can't do double battles. We can't battle mm. trainers together. Uh, if my... and like story content we can't do together, which I kind of understand. Like my friend hadn't done the the first Titan fight. And so I watched them run up to the Titan fight and just vanish. And uh. then but they were able to do it <laughs> while online in my game. Okay. But like, you know, it was kind of meaningless that they could, it was just sort of there. Um, mm. And then there's like this weird thing where if my friend is battling a wild Pokemon, I can see them send out their Pokemon. I can see the wild Pokemon. I can kind of watch them attacking each other and I can watch them Terra evolve, terastalize or whatever. And I can watch their battle happen. I can also run through their battle and they can see me running around and making faces in their battle, which is pretty funny. Uh, But the other thing is they can battle trainers, but if you battle a trainer, uh, you can't see what's going on. So it just looks like your friend is standing there in like a fighting pose. And then there's just this trainer that's standing there completely still staring at a wall and there's a blank space between them. And it's very weird. I'm like, it, it feels very unfinished. The only thing that you can actually do cooperatively, uh, and I'm like, I don't think I'm forgetting anything. I think the only cooperative thing you can really do when you're playing like that is making sandwiches together, which is 
extremely funny uh, when you have a bunch of like dumb, goofy friends who just like to mess things up on purpose. <laughs> yeah. uh, you can make some very interesting and fun sandwiches that way, and you can get like extra powers and stuff for that. That sounds like a you problem, though. Oh, you no, it was great. We made like a, friends. my friends like bought a bunch of burger <laughs> patties and they just stacked like a single stack of burger patties. And then we tried to put the bun on top and the whole thing <laughs> fell over. It was really fun. Like I enjoyed that part. Welcome to the sandwich meadow Pokemon. Yeah. Oh, you can do, wait, sorry. You can do Terra battles together. I don't know why I forgot about that. I, and mm. actually doing four player co-op when you're all in the same war, world together doing a, a Terra battle. It is, it runs marginally oh, you better. You could do that in Sword and Shield as well, more or less. And yeah. And it wasn't that great. And right. actually, I think back to Dragon Quest IX, which I think did an incredible job with local co-op. Yeah. And you could play through the story together. You could do battles together. You could swap uh, treasure maps and basically go on randomized raids. You can in you could pass by people with the street pass functionality and have them populate your tavern. Oh, street pass. And it, I, I miss that, actually, because <sighs> I think Dragon Quest IX had a real intentionality behind it and polished with its co-op. And yes, I know it wasn't in an an open world game it was a top-down 2d game the ds isn't as hard to program for etc but i i'm really bummed out by yeah. pokemon scarlet and violet like we were talking about high yep. tolerance for glitches <laughs> i was impressed by the opening i thought that the opening was really <laughs> strong see it's and a great uh, i loved you. watching my three starters running around on the path heading to the school and everything um and then it just got progressively worse Aww. uh i I, I can't deal with how plain the overworld is. Nothing has any character. I, I have a friend who worked on like Elder Scrolls Online, it's like a programmer and open world stuff, and she was just losing her mind over this stuff. She was saying, yeah. this is like baby's first open world stuff right here. I can't, oh, man. She, she's like, I can't believe this. It is. I, how she called it amateurish. Well, yeah. Here's my question. Do we think that this game was put out early to yeah. hit the holiday season oh 100 so i have a theory yeah. i have a theory early. on this here's my theory they started spinning this up right before the pandemic after sword and shield and they had big ideas and they were laying the groundwork for it during sword and shield mm -hmm. and then the pandemic as it just derails everything and i think yeah. it it had a big impact on japan and i think that's why legends arceus and Scarlet and Violet are noticeably worse than even than what we've kind of come to expect. And Pokemon was already struggling a bit with the tech pipeline. I think the uh, they fell behind schedule, but you know, with this kind of thing, with this kind of merchandising machine, yeah, you can't you can't just pump the brakes. And so they were on a schedule, and they had to get this game out, and yep. they bit off more than they could chew ultimately in terms of pandemic conditions yeah i mean mm. sonic went through similar things right like we when you play the sonic game you've got that that's a game where you run super fast and you've got pop in popping in in front of you and you hit a wall right which is like much more gameplay destroying than uh, some of the things you encounter here like i i think there's some developers that have not worked in on open world games and making open world games to be fair is really hard it is because you yeah. need to bake in so much more qa time to make sure that people make cannot a break world. the world right right there in the name yeah. yeah it's like in a side scroller with levels like okay if there's an exploit where you can break that level you move on to the next level and it's forgotten and here you're in a world and you revisit areas and people can get stuck in between the ge ge geometry and yeah. it's so yeah. ugly I, it, is. it is not yeah it, is I, not it, the made, it made me really miss pokemon sun and moon 
which was really polished, really beautiful. It had some great art design to it. It was pre-Dexit, uh, great starters, really strong story, actually. Um, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon had uh, blue and red on their honeymoon. It was very mm -hmm. cute. And <laughs> I, I think back to that experience and compare and contrast it with this, and this just feels so ramshackle by comparison. I mean, I, th I think that I think the good news is, you know, um, I think I think definitely the the user feedback and reviews such as yours Reb, rattled Nintendo a little bit because they are not usually this vocal on like, hey, we're gonna fix it. Oh, yeah, we hear you, right? They usually go like, you know, Joy-Con drift. What are you talking about, right? And um, <laughs> they publish a patch, and the only note says various improvements and fixes to the gameplay experience, and that's yeah. literally it. Yeah, but it's it's Look a big patch, right? How much better this right? looks than freaking Scarlet and Violet, a 3DS game. Yep. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. And it was pre-Dexit. Their, their designers are so good. Like, yeah. they understand, like, their monster design, their world design, like, they, and you can see it in bits in Scarlet and Violet. Like, you go into some of the towns, and the, the textures and the overall vibe is, like, ugly as sin, but, like, yeah. you look around and you see, like, the different buildings in each town, and each town has its own personality and flavor, and then you can't go into any of the buildings, and everything is just like mm. off and running like crap. So, you know, like somebody had an idea for these yeah. towns, like to make them each unique. No and character like, customization. Based on different versions of Spain. Yeah, things like that. But but they didn't have the time or the resources. Like something failed somewhere. Well, and I just, yeah. I want them to have, like, I don't, we've been begging for this for a while, but I think it's showing more than ever with Scarlet and Violet. Like I'm having so much fun with this. It's there like in the core underneath, but then every like five minutes or so something breaks or something looks ugly and I, I'm just pulled right out of how much fun I'm having. I think there are three factors. One, you know, the team's not experienced with this and it is not a team of technologists, right? Like this is not a team known for high performance visuals. Two, QA, QA time obviously was way too too short and like, you yeah. know, the, 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 the time period. But it's like, I, I keep thinking back to what happened to Earthbound 64, which was an incredibly creative designer and wonderful ideas. And then when we saw the first footage of the game running, we're like, Ooh, oh, my God, what's yeah. going on here? Right. Like they were clearly battling the system. And I think that's the third point here is the Nintendo Switches can't keep up with the aspirations and the ideas <sighs> and the reds. You're so freaking fast. There's now Earthbound 64 footage here. Um, wow. Uh, but but it's like the. The, the Switch is just getting too old. I don't think this is a Switch I, problem. Yeah. I oh, really is. don't. This Have you really seen Xenoblade 3? Like, yeah. look, I know that I'm the first person that, on this podcast to go, good point. <laughs> when yeah. people start talking about Xenoblade... What? Yeah, no, I've seen Z that Xenoblade Chronicles 3, yeah. That's oh, yeah. A, like, I, I, I push, push whenever you all talk about Xenoblade 3, but, like, my partner's been playing it lately, and I'm, I've got Pokemon on my screen, and he's got Xenoblade 3 on his TV right next to me, and I'm looking over there, and I'm like, dang, no, I could be playing that right now. That runs real good. <laughs> no, it's pretty. Obviously, this is not the first time that they've done a game with a world of this sort of scope, and, you know, like, that, that's a more experienced developer, but it's still pretty blurry at, at times, and yet you, you yeah. wish... You wish this was even running on an on a PS4 so, Pro or something, you know? You're right, mm -hmm. and you're right. Yeah. <laughs> but Ooh. the problem with Pokemon is just the utter lack of polish, yeah. the utter lack of art direction, the absurd glitches, the the slowdown. It feels like there's like memory leaks going on. This is just a bad game by any measure. And I think that when you look at how Game Freak is operating, yes, I'm willing to make allowances for the pandemic, which I think, again, we just are constantly underestimating the impact of how much that hurt game development yep. over the past three years. But 
I think also if Game Freak wants to be an annualized game developer that is putting out these very ambitious games on a pretty tight schedule, they got to get with the times. They yeah. got to they have to get a lot bigger. They have to have a lot more studios that they're working with and they've been kind of slowly moving up. Um actually Sarah yeah. B has a really interesting like flow chart of all of the different like entities that are working alongside Game mm-hmm. Freak and the Pokemon company and everything. But I really think they're taking on too much for what they're actually mm. capable of. And they need, God help me, they need to take a look at what companies like Ubisoft are doing, where they have like 10 freaking studios working right. together in tandem to make these games. That's kind of what you need to do in a modern game development uh, environment. Yep. And I yeah, think- you kind of answered answered the question I was going to ask the panel is what do we think that this means for the future of Pokemon? Like, is this going to hurt Pokemon long term? Reb, what was your final score for everybody at home? I gave it a six, which on the IGN which scale makes it, is okay. It's okay. And um, that's probably the lowest scoring mainline Pokemon game ever, right? That we've given probably. I don't know. I, I haven't looked at our score history. Um, hey, you, I was hey you not, Pikachu uh, deserves a lower score. It's not, a, it's not a mainline Pokemon game, though. I was <laughs> right. not I was exactly. not referencing the scores of all mm. Pokemon games past to decide how I felt. It about is definitely the too worst. many of them. It is definitely the worst mainline Pokemon I've yeah. ever played. Yeah. yeah. I. But it could. But the yeah. thing is, it could be like you it could be good. Like you can see. But but you you see like the fundamentals of playing it like like how fun it can be. It's and a that, very rough draft, a rough sketch. It is, but that's why I, I like I keep opening it, I keep playing it, and I I guess I just want to like keep emphasizing that because I, a lot of people are having fun with it. Like you I'm are having, super, yeah. you're super valid. Like I'm having fun too, and yeah. I'm also cringing every five seconds. I'm having fun and I'm annoyed. Yeah, at the same yeah, time. exactly. Yeah. I'm having fun and yeah. I'm annoyed. That's yeah. that's pretty. Well, Red just found it. every IGN Pokemon. Yeah. I, so in terms of the right future, I think on the one hand, Pokemon is bigger than just the games. And you can just see that in going to the Pokemon Center and seeing that games are one aspect of it and not even a very big aspect of it. Um, the, the characters and the creatures and everything, especially in Japan, are just omnipresent. Yeah. And... Mm. One way or another, people have a real appetite for a high-quality experience for this. If they come back and that the next generation of Pokemon is like a much more polished-looking thing, people will be excited. Yep. Full stop. Yep. And there's so much nostalgia, I mean, across years. It's interesting. Um, on Twitter, there was a conversation about whatever happened to Final Fantasy. And Final Fantasy, I would argue, is the chain was broken because they didn't put out a good game for like more than a decade. Yeah. And so there's an entire generation who grew up not knowing what a good Final Fantasy looked like. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, with apologies to Final Fantasy 13 apologists. <laughs> Whereas, you know, Pokemon, <laughs> that's 25 years of like sustained nostalgia yeah. out there. But incremental yeah. development, right? Like it, it, the Pokemon games for a long time just kind of added more Pokemon and some smaller systems, but visually treaded water. Uh, it's interesting because we were talking about Pokemon X and Y, which is having a moment, I think, because a, a new generation who grew up with X and Y, they're coming up now. And that was a huge change for the series. And looking back, it was fairly rough, mm-hmm. um, especially like you saw a slowdown when you tried to play in 3D, uh, when you had multiple Pokemon, but it was nothing this on this scale. No. Like yeah. the transition to 3D yeah, was no. not easy for the series, but it didn't lose as much also. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think... I want to believe this is going to be a bit of a wake-up call. I mean, obviously, Pokemon doesn't 
need good review scores. It, it, it could freely ignore all the people complaining right now and probably still sell piles of yep. copies. Uh, if they came out with another one next year, I'm sure the pre-orders would be through the roof. I mean, uh, Legends Arceus was popular. It was. And, and successful. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. I want to think that this, I mean, this is embarrassing, right? Like, this is a really embarrassing release, I think, for the people involved. I think, like, Nintendo doesn't release games, like, normally that run like this. So they nope. put out two no. Pokemon games in one year. They did. And I, I'm hoping... <laughs> uh, technically three, because BDSP came out right around this time, too. Yeah, different studio, though, so... Well, they farmed it out. But then they had to come back and basically work on it as an emergency thing because it was going really poorly with the Unity engine. I don't know if I'm breaking news here, but... I, I didn't know that. Um, this is the rumor that's been around. I see. Mm. Yeah. But, um, but... I think they're going to... Look, I, I think they're going to spend a lot of effort to try and fix. I think it's, so, too. It feels a little bit like a No Man's Sky situation where we were excited at mm. the premise of something, and then we get something, we're like, this is... Oh, oh what? Oh, okay, what's going on? Oh, you yeah. guys need to fix this? And, you know, to No Man's Sky's developers' credit, they worked... Really hard on fixing that yes. and changing minds. That's great. Hopefully, we'll see this again here. I hope that they're you having some we'll serious a... discussions behind the scene about how they adjust their pipeline so that uh, something on this level doesn't happen again. Or if there is something Nintendo can do on the technology front to assist Game Freak to pull this stuff off. Because remember, when Breath of the Wild came out, we were all like, oh my god, what if they made Pokemon using this engine? Yeah. And, you know, that engine was des was not designed for a game with lots of little Pokemon hopping around. of people were like, but yeah. what if Pokemon in Unreal Engine? Look how amazing yeah, it would be. Yeah, yeah. Um, as we're talking about this, there is a patch that's out as we're recording this. Uh, yeah. That is supposed You've to probably already downloaded it. Fix things. Uh, I did try to play this morning and the patch wasn't out yet, so I have okay. no idea. Uh, but maybe next week we can talk about that. Yeah, let's see. Maybe, yeah. maybe see if it helps. Maybe it's already all fixed within just a <laughs> week. Okay. Everything's wow. No. Do we think it, it's bad enough that we'll get a, an apology video? Oh, or, no. No. No, they won't no, apologize for bad. anything. <laughs> they Never did. I mean, they tweeted, uh, we're sorry, this is not the... We're taking this very seriously, blah, blah, blah. is what they said. Yeah. And that's about as close as you're going to get. I, I think they'll acknowledge I'll that they it. went a little too too early with this thing. A lot of comparisons a little to, too close to the, the original cyberpunk release. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. they're Oof. apt. Yeah, agreed. All right. Well, we've been talking about a Pokemon and all of its problems and how you might not really be bothered by them if you're a certain kind of person. Uh, which brings me to our next topic. And this topic is, is a direct quote from our Slack conversation from Reb. When I asked if uh, about Pokemon, the quote is, you'll love it, very fun, runs like ass. So my question to the panel is, what games do you love that are very fun that run like ass? Kat, you, you had one in the, in the Slack channel, and I definitely agree with it. What did I throw out there? Please remind me. You, you said Skyrim. Oh, yeah, Skyrim. Same. Oh, my gosh. I just Bethesda games in general, um, I reviewed Fallout 4. And that game had so many absurd glitches to it, but they weren't game breaking to me. I I, I also called uh, Vampire: The Masquerade Bloodlines one of the twenty five <laughs> best games ever, uh, best RPGs I should say. And that game Whoa. requires a giant fan patch just to work properly, <laughs> basically. So yeah, there are a lot of, especially in the RPG space, which tends to be a very ambitious genre they have a lot of complicated interconnecting systems they're open world they want to have you be able to go along different pathways takes a lot of development time and then they're on a schedule so it's hard to polish them up 
but we love RPGs because despite their lack of polish, they have big ideas and big ambitions. And we're seeing that a little bit with Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, which is why I think at least a handful, a contingent are willing to cut it for some slack. because they're like, I like, I like the vision, the execution, mm. ugh, but I like the vision. And I mean, isn't that Bethesda in a nutshell? I like the vision. I like the, <laughs> the scope, the, the freedom, the, the ideas behind yeah. it. Even if it's, uh, even if I'm like periodically getting launched into the sky well, for that, no that, good reason. Well, that was a feature. That was fun when, when the horses just go <laughs> up into the sky. But I felt the same way with Skyrim, and I was actually a little bit confused around the negative discourse. There were a lot of users, and maybe there were people who didn't actually play the game, and it was some console war BS. Or, but they were like, well, how can you give this game a, a high rating? It's so glitchy. And it's like, well, one, it does things no other game does. Red, thanks for showing the game locking up on the screen right now and like going completely nuts. But like, you walk into towns and there are people going about their business. And this was really new at the time when, when you know, the Elder Scroll games started to develop more and more and more. It felt like there were characters reacting to you. And if you were behaving poorly, they would freak out and run away. Or you could, there's a shopkeeper selling you stuff and you kill him. And like no other game ever did that because like, no, you can't get rid of the shopkeeper. Then you can't buy the stuff they have. And like, yet they, they were this ambitious and did, did this many things. And so as a player, I just, I was just okay with things once in a while being weird. And like, a, you know, a drogger getting stuck in a wall or like a, yeah. a hand sticking out when somebody's behind the door. I kind of accepted it. But there were moments where I was like, F this game. Like there was a quest where you had to collect these little crystals, like tears, whatever. And the crystals like it the thing shattered and the one of the tears fell under a rock and i'm Aww. like i can see it but i can't pick it up and like there was no way for me to finish this because the game saves and it saves the location of everything yeah and so for the longest time i could not finish this crucial quest until they patched it and like at that point i was getting really miffed but i think in general I think Nintendo is really good usually at having, you know, good quality control, making sure their games work, don't glitch too much, you know. It's still amazing when you go back to games like Mario 64, speedrunners can exploit them, but as a player, it's it's really well put together and re really well mm -hmm. QA'd. But there was a phase when Rare was making games. Like, you probably forgot how badly perfect Dark ran. Like, really badly. If you I are blowing up a lot forget. of mines, you're getting three frames per second, right? Like, there are moments <laughs> in multiplayer where it's like, it's just not playable. And a lot of games at the time were starting to get letterboxed. Look at Pilot Wing 64 runs in letterbox too. Uh, Jet Force Gemini, I thought, had like the, the roughest spots of not running nicely. And then when Ocarina of Time came out, we did not get... 30 or 60 frames per second right we got something like 24 going down to 20 so nintendo struggled with it in the past especially on the n64 we just got used to it the original pokemon was also quite unpolished i mean mm. so many glitches missing nose like one of the <laughs> missing most nose. famous of them yeah. oh yeah there's a lot of stuff that straight up did not work properly yeah in that game but it's Making video games is hard, right? It and is. like testing, the funny thing about bug testing and finding bugs is like you fix one bug, you may make another one, right? Like you break right. something else. And it's like, I never want to, you know, talk down on, on the efforts of developers because like it's so much work and the bigger the world and the more freedom you have, the tougher it is to make sure that it always works okay. And the fascinating thing is how the community, as we were kind of alluding to, can 
turned the bugs into a feature mm-hmm. uh speed running is maybe the most obvious one yeah. where yeah. or i mean smash brothers where they were able to use kind of weird glitches with the animation system to be able to basically invent a new game mechanic from a whole cloth yeah it's crazy yeah. that's great yeah in uh, in pokemon games they say it's not a bug type it's a feature type so <laughs> rev what about you? What game runs terribly, but you just love it anyway? I actually misunderstood your prompt uh, when I filled out this, this option on the sheet. Um, I didn't. I didn't realize we were talking about performance specifically. Um, I'm, I'm. Well, no, not not specifically. Just a game that's like kind of like booty, and you just love it. Anyway. I, I'm the kind of games I play tend to be smaller in scope. I don't play a lot of games. I, mean, I love Skyrim, but I don't play games on that like level where there's just things breaking all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, your prompt made me think about Donkey Kong sixty four. Uh, because that is a game that I love dearly with all my heart, but yes. I also recognize it's kind of bad. Yep. <laughs> the the whole notion of ha- like having five Kongs is really cool and being able to switch between them, but then there's like a trail of blue bananas and then purple coins and then a yellow <laughs> banana balloon and then a switch that only Chunky can activate. And like that design is infuriating. Uh, things like the movement controls underwater. I mean, I know it was still in the N64 and we were still kind of figuring it's out how to do that stuff. Uh, but but yeah, that game is is real messy uh, and and like frustrating at times in the ways in which it is designed. Uh, and but it's really fun. <laughs> can you really do the entire Donkey Kong rap? What? Can you do the entire rap? I can. The do you DK want me rap? to? Oh yes, yes. I'm not social breakout. There no, you go. Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> I, pro- I probably can. I would have to think it through. But but what I what the verses? I might you might lo- I might lose you uh, towards the end when we get to chunky because I don't think I listened to it. What I find interesting about Donkey Kong sixty four, it's like a it's like a missing link in game design in that it wanted to give you incentive to go back into levels and do something. Yeah. Over, like explore the same area but have a different experience. The problem was it did so with like the worst bout of collectoritis any game ever caught right it's like you're walking around and you only see things that you can't do yeah. which i think yeah. over time games yeah. have gotten more sophisticated you see a hookshot target and you're like oh maybe that's something i come back to or you know in or marion rabbits you see a certain like a bridge you can't build yet like that sort of design has gotten just better and better but like donkey kong 64 like almost like did this excessive solution to trying to do this and like it didn't work for me i just it really annoyed me it needed me. to come out years later and have a genshin impact style of character switching where you just have one button and you just switch between the kongs yeah problem out. if they had made it 20 years later yeah right it might have been good donkey kong 64 remake let's go <laughs> i'm into it as someone who has played donkey kong 64 as recently as a week ago it's literally insane. on the tv behind you i see it i see on you the tv behind yeah. me that is right. I, see, I know those um, trees. <laughs> it is both better and not as bad as you remember. I was kind of surprised. It's still quite playable, although all my Nintendo 64 controllers uh, are in desperate need. But Cat, I, no new golds. Oh, I, um, I think that's my game, too. So. I, I heard that DK... DK rap so many times playing Smash Brothers Melee. Mm, it doesn't have all the verses in it, though. No, it's true. It's so. just a couple. Yeah. The wow. first member of the DK that. crew, I was like, I know that one. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It uh, also requires the expansion pack for the N64, which I forgot about when I bought my copy of it. Thankfully, I had one. So, I, uh, Donkey Kong 64 is my white whale, actually. I've never finished it. 
uh, I may have told the story in this podcast before. My next door neighbor had it. I didn't have an N64 growing up. My next door neighbor did. And he had Donkey Kong 64. And so every weekend I would go over and we would play together and we would pass the controller. And we were like young and it was before, like we weren't on the internet. So we, you know, weren't good at this game. Uh, and it took us a very long time to get through it. And we finally got to the final boss battle and we had, you know, gone through it a few times and we had gotten towards like the, we got like to the last Kong on the mm-hmm. boss, boss battle uh, with K rule. And then he moved away. Oh, oh. I, never, I never finished Donkey Kong 64. You, I wish I had. You I wonder what happens. I wonder how it ends. Uh, I, he gets a banana. I think it's going to come to Nintendo Switch Online expansion. It will. I just feel it in my bones. If it does, I actually, I, I know I'm cynical on this podcast about no one actually uses Nintendo Switch Online to replay these games longer hey. than it takes to tweet about them. <laughs> I replayed Banjo Kazooie. The whole way through? Oh. Uh, I'm on the last level. Now. Okay. Wow! I'll eat crow on that. I'll finish it in five years. Um, If Donkey Kong 64 comes to Switch Online, I'm. I might actually make a point to play through that entire game. And awesome. You know what, Reb? Let's it. make it a thing where you and I play through it. All right, we'll, deal. Like, discuss it. And, all right. I love oh, that. Yeah. All right. Have fun. Nintendo. Fun collecting. Stuff together. I love, you know, uh, who doesn't love a blue banana? That's how you know it's fresh. <laughs> <laughs> What's it that Donkey Kong says again? Banana, banana, banana. Banana, banana. banana. His, famous, his famous catchphrase. <laughs> banana, banana. Seth, get Seth Rogen to say that. <laughs> Good cameo. My God. Let's let's do it. All right. It's time to talk about the Meverse. The Meverse is, of course, the part of the show where we just like talk about what we've been playing or like, I don't know, what's the score between the on the in the Japan game right now what's on the, the World score pair? Uh it's just Japan is trailing by one, Germany's leading by one. Two different games. Okay. I oh, think yeah. Pear is okay. gonna be happy and I'm gonna be sad. It's Pretty fine, but you can be sure. happy over my happiness. No, I'll be sad. That's, that's, that's the best, I want you to suffer. That's the best way. Uh, Rip, have you been? <laughs> Sorry. Have you been playing anything lately? Anything new? Anything new going on other than the, I love your new frames, by the way. Oh my god, you noticed! Thank you. Oh, wow, Seth. Really cool. Yeah, that was really sweet. Uh, yeah. So after after a very long and grueling time with Pokemon, uh, I finally was able to escape from Pokemon, uh, and I started. Uh, I went back to a game that I actually played last year uh, called Toem. Uh, I talked about it on this podcast last year. Uh, I believe I reviewed it for us. I can't remember what I scored it, but I'm pretty sure it was high because I really liked it. Um, and as a reminder, Tome is a little game by a studio called Something We Made. Uh, you play as this little dude, black and white world, uh, and you it, very Captain Toad style worlds. They're like little dioramas that you can rotate around, and you go off Ooh, on I a love this. you go off on a journey to take photos. Uh, it's, a, it's a photography game. You have your little camera, uh, and the camera is not just for taking photos. It's the primary way that you interact with the world, uh, and you proceed through these little worlds, uh, all these different little towns, uh, by completing tasks, assignments that are given to you. Uh, take photos of these things. Uh, I'm looking for this guy where is he yeah, that's the guy i'm looking for this guy where is he uh and then occasionally do it like you have a little uh horn on your uh, camera that you can honk to like startle people and interact with things uh there's like a tripod that you can use there's a few little like like gimmicks around the camera but it's mostly around taking pictures and sort of running errands uh it's very sweet wonderful soundtrack uh adorable humorous writing uh lovely bite-sized short like weekend finish this game kind of thing. Um, anyway, so they released uh, an update, a deal, a free DLC. Hmm. Uh, it, they released it like a month or two ago. It was a little bit, but it took longer to come to the Switch. And the, I have no idea when it was out, but it's out now. Uh, it's free DLC. Uh, and they added the island of Basto, which is a brand new area. Um, 
And in Basto, it's very similar concept. You, if you, you know, you get, you go to Basto, uh, they give you a water balloon attachment for your camera. So you can throw water balloons at people uh, and get, you know, different reactions out of them, or you can interact with the world. Like there's, there's a quest there to like water all these plants and you throw water balloons at them. You have to find them in the world to water them. Um, and it's, it's very much a game about being observant, like, you know, using your camera angles, like look at the world around you and figure out like, how do I how do I interact with this thing? How do I find this thing that might be hidden around the corner? Uh, and aside from the water balloons, Basto also is the only place to have a day night cycle. Uh, and there's, it's an island, so there's tides. So it, uh, at night, the tides are lower and you can access areas that you can't otherwise access. But during the day, the water's up. So the bridges are up and you can cross those. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just, it's really sweet. It's very bite-sized. I finished it in like a couple hours. It was free. Um, and it was just, it, it was a very sweet update and it brought me back to a game that I really loved. Uh, and I really enjoyed that time with it. So Tome's great. If you haven't played Tome, you should play it. And that's spelled T-O-E-M. T-O-E-M. T-O-M-E, right. Yeah. Toem is, at the start of your journey, you, your grandma sends you out to photograph the, the mysterious phenomenon Toem. And she does not explain to you what Toem is. You are just supposed to find it. Uh, and, and figuring out what Toem is and, and photo- photographing it is sort of like the, the big climax of the game. But uh, it's, it's pretty good. It did not, the, the Toem did not disappoint when check I this out. reached it. I've always wanted to play it. And it's just like, uh, we need more time in it's the day. It's really short. It's like, yeah? it's like beautifully short. It's, okay. It, I, I, I don't remember how long the, the original game was. It was definitely under 10 hours. Let me add it to my oh. backlog on IGN it's playlist. Almost, it's almost certainly on sale because there's like a huge Cyber Week sale going on right yeah. now. Yeah, and the DLC is free. So, the DLC is free. That is awesome. Tome. Yeah. I am probably going to check this one out. Kat, have you been up to anything interesting and exciting and new that you would like to share? Two things. The first, the Two first things. one is Nintendo, and the second one is Nintendo. The Nintendo right. one is the Steam Autumn Sale happened, and Ooh. it was easily Ouch. the most excited I've ever been for a Steam sale because <laughs> I have the Steam Deck. Steam Deck, yeah. And I was kind of sitting there. I ended up getting like Sekiro, um, oh, wow. some things like that. But uh, oh, Ace Combat Seven. Uh, but I was, oh. I, I was <laughs> on the game. fence about whether to get Tales of Arise, a game that I already Ooh. have. Um, I'm intrigued by the concept of being able to play that game on the go. Have you finished it? It's quite beautiful. No, I never finished it. I got to like the end of the first chap, first major chapter. Oh, I beat okay. the first major boss and okay. got like one of the new characters, and I was like, okay, interesting. Um, that's why I was like considering getting it so that yeah. I could add it to my giant pile. Um, but the big one was The Witcher, which I was kind of oh, going. Yeah. I really want to play the next gen update on PC, but. I don't, but there's no cross save. Weirdly, there was only cross save between the Switch and the PC and the uh, huh. and the PC. But they've added cross save for all of them, so I can oh, finally oh. rescue Ooh. my save from the Xbox and put it on PC, and I can play it on Steam Deck. Oh, nice! Very yeah. nice. I'm totally gonna play through Witcher. Actually, I'm not gonna play through Witcher again. I'm gonna use my save and then play Blood and Wine, which I have never yes. played. Yeah. I've never played that one. Yeah. I've been waiting for this moment. To finally play through the Blood and Wine <laughs> Lot, expansion. Lots of smart people say it's the, one of the, the best expansion of all time. So. I absolutely I've loved the, the base game and the Same. Hearts of Stone uh, expansion was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like one of the best RPG side quests I've ever played. So I'm very excited to play through uh, Blood and Wine finally. And then the more Nintendo thing was um, I got turned on to Hyperlight Drifter over the, oh, man. Oh. Over the holiday. I never really played it. I didn't actually know that much about it. 
But they were like, you should play Hyperlight Drifter. Get a good pair of headphones. Yeah. Uh, and just like sit down and vibe and play it. And yeah. they were right, because that is <laughs> the kind of game you play with headphones. Mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. The ambient sound, Ooh. the music. Um, That's good. Low rumbles. I really like it. Yeah. And nice. uh, if you never played yeah. Hyperlight Drifter, oh, it's a top-down mm-hmm. kind of action RPG-ish experience. There's a little bit of a link to the past vibe, but it focuses a lot more on the uh, individual movements, uh, the dashing around and everything. Um, Lots of exploration between, so far, four major zones, kind of a north, south, east, west. And you can kind of go wherever you want at any time. Beautiful to look at, too. Beautiful to look. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I like this Um, a lot. This game is vibes. And uh, I I beat (laughs) the first boss in the west, uh, Big Toad Guy. And uh, I'm having a great time with it. So I, I'm going to like sit down and actually like properly finish this one. Oh, and I love the blaster. Actually, this reminds me, this is more Star Wars than uh, Andor. I think it's great. <laughs> this is what I want out of Star Wars. Uh, the, right. the wandering samurai, the Ronin yeah. Yeah. Uh, in space with the blaster and the, the laser sword and everything. They, they have a little robot buddy that will... Um, uh, spot things. Um, they're going through mysterious ruins. Like there are dudes who look like stormtroopers who are uh-huh. shooting right there. Yeah, it's cool. very Star Wars. Yeah, this looks and I really cool. It's yeah. so good. It's Hyperlight Drifter, a game that's uh, at this point like six years old. Holds up great though. Holds up yeah. great. Yeah. Totally yeah. played on the Nintendo Switch. That's one of the beautiful things is if it came ah. out, if it's an indie game that came out at a certain point within the past 10 years, probably on Switch at this point. Yep. So. And it's probably very good and it's probably on sale mm-hmm. Eric, you've been playing a game about uh soccer story? yeah yeah so. i'm playing soccer story i have it on my screen here if i finished since i since i've been on uh last i finished uh, mario plus rabbits uh nine out of ten for me i oh, really nice. really liked it I, th- I think it's just fantastic i'm stuck um, on a level with a bugged pipe right now i really oh, want to weird. Oh. yeah weird. i can do it without the bugged pipe but it's making it it's making it so the enemies can come through the pipe but i can't without freezing the whole level oh weird and i have it's a story mission so i have to finish it oh that sucks yeah i'll um, get there uh, I played uh, Atari 50, which is a wonderful collection. Very good. Some, some re- me- Vector Spectre is just such a cool little vector, like almost Vectrix-like uh, collection of games. And, uh, you know, there's there's multiplayer tank stuff, new stuff, um, Haunted House. But, yeah, I've, I've also played a, a game called Little Gator, uh, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a short hike. It's yeah. like animals pretending to be in a fantasy adventure. And it's almost like The Legend of Zelda, but it's like it's all they, they're pretending. So it's like the sword is a stick. And then find out that somebody took the actual sword, which was a wooden sword. And, you know, it's one of the other kids like, oh, you want this thing? Aww. It's very it's very cute. Um, Aww, you know, more of that. Not as zoomed out as a, uh, as a short hike. It's more kind of like think like a like a like Ocarina of Time ish smaller Jeez. version of it. It's very, very fun. Um soccer story did you check the scores by the way are we still japan is leading <gasps> two to one what how did that happen <laughs> they scored they two scored goals uh, two goals that's how it happens oh my god well oh germany god. you better Thanks, <laughs> germany you better score some more because uh we're not going to go through on uh, on that goal differential i think oh my gosh um, all right well that sucks um <laughs> but i've been playing soccer story which is uh which is a more positive experience um by the way, people people talking crap about that game, about it being football and not soccer and all that. You can change it in the settings. 
There's huh? a setting oh. where everybody will say football if you want to, or everybody will say soccer if you want to. So no more fighting. There's even guys there with an S and an F sign, soccer, football, and they're fighting over it too. It's silly. That's re- that's a, a game by any other name. I love that. Still the same game. Um, it's so. First of all, it is not from the makers of, of Golf Story, right? And I like that kind of. It irks me a little bit that it is somebody trying to capitalize on a on name recognition of a game that I think a lot of people like, me included. Um, but it is it is very fun. It's very competently made. It is a you said it right. It's a chore game. Like somebody tells you, oh, find these five goals and shoot. You know, like shoot the shoot the ball into these five goals, and then you come back and you get a new power. It's set in a dystopian future where where only one corporation can have soccer matches and they, they control everything and like you've got this underground That's group of cute. rebels who are trying to reclaim soccer for themselves it's the plot of Footloose and then as you play it you unlock more and more <laughs> controls and it almost feels like a, like a classic 16-bit soccer game when that happens And um, but it is you know you explore an overworld you find targets at first you can only shoot at the targets at the bottom then you learn the ability to shoot high and actually direct your shot then you can uh, find all the, the targets that are higher up and all the hidden stuff it's um it's cute i'm really liking it i think i'm gonna stick with it oh i'm playing pokemon too have you heard of that one uh nope little indie game a little too esoteric for my taste oh there you go well i i went ahead and i prepared a little something okay my segment okay for the meverse uh excuse me let me crack my knuckles here i don't know why i had to crack my knuckles but uh it's almost the end of the year we did it Everybody, great work. I'm so proud of us all. But with the end of the year comes discussions around game of the year. We're having them here now, as a matter of fact, not like literally now, but you know what I mean. The game awards are next week, which is, of course, the major event where everyone puts on suits and gowns so they can watch YouTube trailers for next year's biggest games. But the game awards are also ostensibly about awards games and this year jeff Keeley is sticking to the literal interpretation of the name of his show once again one game will be crowned game of the year while all the others get forgotten about <laughs> well i am here to say the game awards nominees this year are a sham god of boar oh, wow the game award nominees are uh, for the game of the year plague tale requiem elden ring God of War, Ragnarok, Stray for some reason, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which, guys, it's not going to win. I'm sorry, all the Xenoblade Chronicles. But you know what game isn't on the list? In fact, it's not nominated for any awards at all at this year's Keeley's, and it's the true game of the year. Okay. Immortality. By, by which I, of course, mean... Tunic. Sonic Frontiers. <laughs> Yes, friends, Sonic Frontiers has blast processed its way into my heart. It is an absolute bonkers experiment that doesn't always work right, but it never works wrong. Please just pretend that makes sense. I love this game more than I ever expected I would love any Sonic game. And once I turned Super Saiyan and battled a legendary beast while a pop metal song went just so damn hard, I was in love by the way spoilers for the first boss fight there um go search for the sonic frontiers ost undefeatable giganto on youtube try not to get pumped i defy you you can't do it um okay here are the facts <laughs> hedgehogs are mammals <laughs> hedgehogs fight all the time the purpose of hedgehogs is to flip out and gather chaos emeralds well guess what folks sonic does 
all of those things. Wow. This is the ultimate pump up game. It is a pure distillation of fun packaged into a game that I would quit my job over if it came down to it. Not really, Pear, don't worry. <laughs> This is so fun. It is so reckless in its design. Everything barely holds together. It's duct tape and bailing wire all the way down. And the entire time I'm playing it, I have the biggest smile on my face. Look, I'm a simple man. When I play a game, I don't need some guy from West Wing there. In fact, I think that makes it worse. What I do need is an insanely fun adventure where nothing quite makes sense story-wise. And you have to go fishing for some reason. Sonic Frontiers is that game. And Sonic Frontiers is my game of the year. Thank you. I'm so happy for you. We clearly need a new award show called the Macy's. Yeah. I mean, look, nobody's been calling. My phone is right here. If you got my number, give me a ring. We'll make up some statues. Reckless in its design. We're putting that on the box. Reckless in its design. You know, Sonic can run faster than the world can load. Um. <laughs> I mean, it's just that segment we did earlier, right? Like, yeah. really fun. I, I don't know if it runs like ass, but really fun has something about it that is like ass. Well, it, it, it doesn't run. I mean, it runs significantly slower on Switch, but it, it, it doesn't run poorly. It's just that. You know the the world is not the most gorgeous on the right, on yeah. the on the bigger consoles, and you know. Uh, I I'm not far enough in it to feel the same thing Seth is feeling. What platform are you playing on? I am playing on a Nintendo platform. Oh, okay, there you go. The FPS performance mode. Ah. But, um, it doesn't. I look. I I loved this game from like the second I started up, and I I am not a Sonic guy. Okay, I am not at all. I mean, yeah, I have Sonic plushies around, but like, who doesn't in this day and age? Come on. You yeah, well, on but, camera uh, yeah, with no, you, I, like on, on when it goes to the big camera of you. There's a Sonic plushie right there next to you. I saw it earlier. Yeah. Yeah, like, I look at that and I thought that's guy. a man that loves Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, that's no. I just appreciate Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> okay, and, I appreciate. Like, I'll Sonic appreciator. So, the Sonic I'm appreciator a, is long Sonic gone. appreciator. <laughs> yeah, no, like uh, it's. I love it. It's just, it's just a fun game. It's okay. pure just game. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. Um, you literally go Super Saiyan when you become uh, uh, Super Sonic. The the pump up music is amazing. The soundtrack. At the very least, this should have gotten a nomination for soundtrack of the year because yeah. it is absolutely just an incredible soundtrack. And uh, yeah, my, my game of the year. It's okay. kind of wild, like what a soundtrack can do to elevate something that is like good or mediocre to like excellent, right? Just I mean, yep. Star Wars. Yeah, Pokemon Scarlet that Violet is... has this problem. Like, like sometimes the game is not, you know, amazing. And then one of those Toby Fox beats comes in and I'm like, nice time yep. here uh-huh. solid soundtrack I yeah agree. that's really good well i i might put god of boar was it uh on on boar? on yeah. pause for a few hours to uh to play a little bit more sonic to uh i to, to see I if the macy's are right enough. i'm convinced i'm quitting my job and becoming a sonic frontiers influencer <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> is sonic appreciator a job i can get paid for mm-hmm i'm putting that on my business i'll cards. hire you going forward oh, thanks Hell yeah. Enjoy my burgeoning empire. Great. I love it, Seth. <laughs> I, if you know, if you want to uh, talk about it in the comments, I will read the comments on YouTube. Or if you want to do it on the Facebook group, I will talk to you about Sonic Frontiers. At I'm very excited. I have some time off and I'm just going to play Sonic Frontiers. Family be damned. I'm really anyway, happy for you. Thank you. Let's talk question block. We've got some questions. Uh, Chris Baker. And I 
look, I cheated on this one. I picked this one because I happen to have within arm's reach surprise <laughs> the answer to this question. Oh boy. What is your favorite video game related holiday gift you received that wasn't an actual video game oh. or console? Right here in my pocket. Oh. I have it. My wife got me this. This is from the D23 Disneyland pin collectors. Oh, come on. Pin collector. Uh, <laughs> there there it is. Pin collector, uh, limited edition, DuckTales. Oh, forget it. It's a Disney <laughs> pin. It's DuckTales. I love DuckTales. I love Disney stuff, even though I'm not really into Disney that much. I just love their stuff. And I love the Nintendo game. So my wife got me this pin one year for Christmas, and I definitely didn't expect it because I was like, oh, that's a little bit too weird and obscure. And this baby got a little bit of value for just an enamel pin. So that is my favorite video game gift that I've ever been given that wasn't a video game. Thanks, hon. Mwah. She's okay. upstairs working. I'll give her a kiss later. Anyway, anyone else have any <laughs> video game gifts that they got? I always buy the buy my own stuff. Like nobody in my family knows video games better, and they they all obviously know that um, I have a lot of games and consoles and all of that. And so I don't think I've ever gotten anything from anyone, but I did for a, a work anniversary. Um, people who work here gave me a reimagined Master Sword and Link's Shield as if, if, if Zelda had been the hero. So I have that. Oh, how cool. Wow, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's Be actually cool. hanging on the wall upstairs. If you've ever wondered, oh, yeah. the, the, if you've ever wondered why it looks different, that's the Zelda alternate timeline Master Sword and Shield. Oh, Highland that rules. Yeah, well, yeah, I use that room all the time for meetings. It's very cool, I, right? Yeah, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Take a picture later. Wow. I, as a policy, don't keep video game swag, but when I went to the Witcher 3 Blood and Wine event, they had a bottle of blood and wine. (laughs) Oh my. They had the Geralt wine. Okay. Yeah. I hope you didn't drink it. And a really nice um, little box uh, with, like, to keep, like, wine stuff with the Witcher, like... Wow. Fancy. It was was actually really cool. Yeah? Um, I ended up giving away the box. What was in it? Was it wine. What was what was the liquid? Was it true blood? No, it was just straight up red wine. Very okay. good. Cabernet, uh, like a cab or something. Okay. Yeah. Um, I also right. uh, when Mario sixty four came out, my parents did not give me an N sixty four. They did, however, give me a Mario and Bowser Beanie Baby, oh. uh, which were and, all the rage. And now you're a millionaire because yes. you just sold it on eBay. <laughs> I've still got the I've still got the Bowser uh, the, the Bowser Beanie sitting oh, right yeah. next to my Nintendo Switch to this day. Oh. Very nice. That is adorable. Reb, what about you? Um, many years ago, five six years ago, something like that. Um, I received the World of Warcraft cookbook from a family member as a Christmas gift because they knew that I was starting to try to cook more often. I did not grow up in a household that did a lot of home cooking. I didn't have a lot of experience with it, and so I was trying to teach myself to cook. They knew I liked World of Warcraft, so they gave me this cookbook. Oh my god! Uh, and I took to it like immediately the literally the next day i cooked the slow roasted turkey uh i mm. used that recipe Ooh. for uh a Christmas wow you went turkey. big I, then yeah i did like i i immediately dove into it so i did that and <laughs> i'll then just do the one I, of the hardest ones i just started looking at the table of contents over the next few weeks and cooking more and more and then i looked at it uh, and counted all the recipes realized there were 100 recipes and i'd already done over 10 of them in just the space of a couple of weeks and i thought i could do all of these and so over the next year i cooked every recipe in the world of warcraft cookbook and then i realized wait this is a hobby now 
now. So I bought oh, hell the, yeah. the Mother's Cookbook, which is Earthbound Mother, the, the Mother Trilogy, basically, and has recipes from that. And I w- cooked through the entire Mother's Cookbook. Uh, oh, <laughs> I did uh, I did Elder Scrolls before that. Sorry, I did the Elder Scrolls Cookbook before nice. Mother's. Uh, so at that, so I did I did three cookbooks all the way through. I am now about three quarters of the way through the Legends Cookbook, which Damn. is Legend of Zelda. Uh, and my next project is going to be the brand new Pokemon cookbook by Victoria Rosenthal that just came out. My partner got me that uh, a few weeks ago as a gift. Wait, whenever you're cooking the Zelda food, do you just go... Brum, 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 brum. Uh, I wish I could. <laughs> I, like, I feel that, that energy sometimes with some of these recipes. But yeah, a lot of them... I mean, like most of the book... Yes, there's some things like there's the the weird pumpkin soup that Yeto makes in Twilight Princess. Yep. Like there's Ooh. there's some oh, recipes. God. Oh my God. It's actually Give really good. Give me the recipe for that. Okay. That, that <laughs> yeah. was so creepy, that scene. I thought there was something wrong. I loved that. That's <laughs> good. That's all. I did not it's know. My this favorite, is one of the top five moment for you, me. You That's think that a fish delicious. pumpkin soup doesn't work, but... Somehow no, that it sounds, does. That sounds good. Uh, but it's it's mostly Breath of the Wild, and so there's a lot of um, I I have an ongoing Twitter thread where I post photos of the recipes. I'm not like a genius chef. I don't do, do beautiful you make food a, photography, but it's fun and it's really mostly good. edible. Do you, do you keep the bones so you can make a broth of the wild? Uh, oh my that gosh. was good. No. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I am, however, this weekend uh, doing one of my more recent dreams that has sort of evolved from this making video food thing. I've invited a group of friends over for uh, the There and Snack Again challenge. We are going to watch the entire Lord of the Rings extended trilogy. And anytime oh a character on screen eats food, we also have to eat that food. Oh, wow. So you made Lemboss. Uh, I'm but, going to. I haven't made it yet. because No way, really? But what about the scene where uh, meat's back on the menu, boys? Meat's oh, back on the something. menu, boys. It's also, we're doing a vegetarian, uh, well, we're doing we a pescatarian version meats? of the challenge, too. Uh, so it's not actually meat, but uh, All right. it's, it'll be so, faithful oh, to the spirit of the scene. That's amazing. I will be at this event, and I'm really looking forward to it. I'm so excited. Oh, Reb, my if I sent you a couple recipes out of, and you're, you're going to think I'm joking, but huh? if I send you a couple recipes from my Mountain Dew barbecue cookbook, you think you could uh, <laughs> make do those? No, that's hilarious. I, I would totally do it. Uh, I I absolutely have a weird Mountain Dew loving gamer well, side Well, yeah, you're to from me. Kansas City, so you have like barbecue, or you're yeah, you're right. You're from Kansas City, oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I know, you're, I know you're all barbecue, barbecue when I see it. Yeah, uh, no, know, I went at a party that had a cake with Mountain Dew icing on it. It was delicious. Oh, uh, hmm. actually, sounds like kind of good. My kind of party. <laughs> it was. It was. Del- it was great. There's nothing wrong with it at yeah. all. Oh Ugh, man, yeah, I got that book. Crab Yeah. Hey, I got that book right at the, at the literally the day I decided I was going to lose 20 pounds. And I got this book of Mountain Dew oh. barbecue. And it's like, you know, 8,000 calories per rib. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. No. There it is. Oh the Mountain Dew cookbook. It's so good. Wow. Like, amazing bless you, recipes. Red. All right, bless you, Red. Uh, enough talking about delicious Mountain Dew I'm because hungry. I'm afraid we've come to the end of our show, our journey. I'm so glad to be back to be with you all again, both the panel and, of course, the audience but that is it that is the time all the time we have left for this week's nbc before we go a couple favors to ask so if you're watching us on youtube please you gotta leave us a like you gotta leave a nice comment you could even subscribe if you wanted to go go above and beyond <laughs> if you're uh listening to us on a podcast app leave us a nice review or just any review i mean i would like a nice one better <laughs> please it helps spread the good nbc word and we will be forever in your debt I wanted to mention IGN Plus. Members can grab game keys for three games right now. Onsen Master, Blood Rain Terminal Cut, Tiny Troopers Global Ops. Go to IGN.com. Uh, oh, God, I blew it. Whatever. 
IGN Plus. It's our subscription service. It's really cool. You should be checking it out. I want to thank the panel. I want to thank Red on the ones and twos. But most of all, I want to thank all of you for hanging out with us as we went on this incredible journey together. Remember, NBC, only place where you can get the thing. Get the thing. Go Samurai Blue. Germany did not. Oh. Oh.